This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. The Chris Salcedo Show. I am your liberty-loving Latino. Do not confuse me with loudmouth leftist Latinos. I actually love the United States of America. Let's get to one of our favorite guests, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Senator, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Chris, good to be with you. Senator, we have an awful lot to talk about today, so let's get right to it. Uh, First off, President of the United States, Donald Trump, he has fulfilled a campaign promise, taking the United States out of the unfair Paris climate deal. What do you think? Well, I think that's terrific. I think that's exactly what he should do. It it is what I have been urging President Trump to do for some time. Uh, And I think if, if we pull out of the agreement, it will be a very, very good thing for jobs in America and especially for the state of Texas. Uh, you know, there was a recent study by the National Economic Research, Research Association, and, and they concluded that the Paris Agreement could obliterate $3 trillion of GDP and 6.5 million industrial sector jobs, which, which me, works out to $7,000 in per capita household income that would disappear from the American economy by 2040. That's a big hit on working men and women. And, and it would have, in particular, a punitive effect on the state of Texas. If you look at industries like the cement industry, production is project, projected to decrease by 21%. Iron and steel decreasing by 19%. Petroleum refining decreasing by 11%. That is a really punitive impact on the American economy. And, and all for no purpose. This agreement would not help the environment in any meaningful way, in, in large part, because major companies are exempted. Russia's given a pass, China's given a pass, India's given a pass. So all of the burden is put on America, or the bulk of the burden is put on America. It, it would decimate American jobs. And so I think President Trump is exactly right to pull America out of it and, and to defend the jobs of working men and women in our country. Yeah, you know, I, I would be in favor of it if every other country was was subject to the same punitive uh punishment that the United States has been put under on this under this climate uh, agreement. But the way Mr. Obama had worked it all out is that all the pain was suffered by the American taxpayer and by the American economy and all these other despotic regimes. And might I add, 
the world's number one CO2 emitter, China, was exempted. And, and nobody under, understood why Mr. Obama and the Democrat Party would, would favor such an unfair uh, agreement. Let's move on to uh, health care reform if we can, Senator. There's a debate here on the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm dying to figure out what you think about this. Because th- there's, th- the jury is out as to whether or not the Senate's going to do anything on, on health care reform as it is right. getting rid of Obamacare and, and, and getting something else in there. Many are uh, observing that maybe that the Senate should just let it go and let Obamacare do what it was designed to do and give the country a lesson in what it means to electing a Democrat because Obamacare will harm this country. What do you think about that? Well, listen, Obamacare has already caused enormous harm in this country. Uh, It's the single biggest job killer in America. Uh, It is hammering small businesses. Millions of Americans have lost their jobs, have been forced into part-time work, have lost their health insurance, have have lost their doctors, and have seen their premiums skyrocket. Um, I think we have got to repeal Obamacare. I I, I think, in my view, failure is not an option. Republicans have spent the last seven years campaigning all over the country saying, if only you elect us, we'll repeal Obamacare. I, I think we'll look like laughing stocks if we don't deliver on it. And, and Chris, it's, it's not easy to get done. We have a very, very narrow majority in the Senate, but I believe we can accomplish the task. And, and, and right now, I'm spending literally every waking moment trying to bring together Republicans, trying to unite the Republican conference so that we can focus on Two things. Number one, honoring our promise to repeal Obamacare. But, but number two, critically, lowering health insurance premiums. The, the biggest reason so many millions of Americans are unhappy with Obamacare is it's caused premiums to skyrocket. The average family's premiums have increased over $5,000 a year. That's what I hear all across the state of Texas is Texans telling me I can't afford health insurance anymore. And if we lower premiums so that Individual consumers have more choices, more options, more competition, lower premiums, and, and quality health care is more affordable. That's going to help struggling families in the state of Texas. I think that's what we need to do. Well, you know, you, you bring up the, the, by the way, everybody, Senator Ted Cruz, our guest right now here on the Chris Salcedo Show, uh, you, you say that you are working very hard to unite this Republican caucus in this endeavor. And I think you're right. They will look silly if they don't repeal and and. Yeah. Uh, and replace Obamacare. But I get a sense that there are some in the Republican caucus, in particular in the Republican Senate, uh, Senator, that 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 basically have accepted the Democrats premise that we need a massive government centered entitlement here. And to the conservative, that's an affront. But many of these Republicans have that position, just like the Democrats. Yeah, look, it's. Obamacare has done a lot of damage, and, and, and some Republicans are willing to accept uh, a, a massive government machinery and, a, and a, a permanent entitlement, massive spending and government control uh, of the health care system. I, I think that's a mistake, uh, and I think it's going to take a lot of work uh, to, to bring the conference together. You know, you know, Chris, I think many times process dictates results. See, if you look at the first repeal bill in the House, uh, it didn't go well. It, 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 it crashed and burned because it didn't have the votes. And the reason was that it was drafted behind closed doors with, with, with really no input from anybody. Uh, in the Senate, we wanted to follow a different process. And, and so several months ago, 
uh, I sat down with Lamar Alexander, the chairman of the health committee, uh, and he's a longtime Senate veteran. And the two of us together talked about how do we get this done in the Senate? How do we actually get it accomplished and achieve the result we need? Uh, we brought together a group of six senators, Lamar Alexander and myself, Mike Lee, Rob Portman, Corey Gardner, and Tom Cotton. Uh, and that group of six was designed to be to really cover the ideological spectrum of the Republican conference, to have strong conservatives and significantly more moderate senators, to have geographic diversity, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but, but also to have senators who, who are smart and willing to roll up their sleeves and work and understand the details of Obamacare. And, and we began meeting once a week uh, in my office. Uh, trying to see if we could come together, trying to see if we could agree. And my view was if those six senators could get on the same page, we would likely have a bill that could command the support of a majority of the conference. Uh, We met for over a month. The discussions were productive. I think there's real common ground. One of the best signs was there were no leaks, uh, which in Washington, (laughs) frankly, is weird. That's incredible. That, that That is absolutely incredible. That's an achievement in and of itself. Look, I got about 30 seconds left, Senator, and I, and I, I couldn't let you go without commenting on this. It was revealed that the previous administration violated Americans' Fourth Amendment rights for years, systematically yeah. for years. There was a subpoena put out by Devin Nunez yesterday to unmask the unmaskers here. Uh, we talked to Congressman Michael McCall and said, will you commit, sir, uh, to bringing to justice those in the previous administration who violated Americans' Fourth Amendment rights. Senator Cruz, will you make that same commitment, sir? Uh, absolutely, and I, I think it is, it, it is very concerning, uh, the willingness of the Obama administration to violate the privacy rights and, and the Fourth Amendment rights of American citizens. I think it is every bit as concerning that, they, that it appears that they use the intelligence and national security apparatus for partisan purposes, to target Republicans, to target incoming members of the Trump administration. We need to have full accountability. We need to understand who did what. And I think that's critical for both the Senate and the House to take the lead on, on, on making sure that the truth comes out and, and that those who violated the law are held accountable. Amen. Uh, what's the website, Senator Cruz? Uh, it is tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org. Yep, uh, there you so go. I'm grateful for the millions of grassroots conservatives who have generously supported us and stand up and speak out for freedom and the Constitution each and every day. And we appreciate you for doing the same. Senator Ted Cruz, everybody, tedcruz.org. Head there, if you will. Sir, appreciate you, as always, on the Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you, my friend. God bless. Up next, we have proof the Democrats are colluding with nationals of foreign countries to influence elections. Don't miss this. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show. You're in the blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. 
Chris Salcedo. Want you all to be aware, uh, there is going to be several leftists who descend on your state this summer. Here's why I know this. Nancy Pelosi paid a visit to my state. Yes, she did. The fake Catholic herself showed up in Texas. And she got together with uh, a local leftist in the northern part of Texas by the name of Mark Vesey. He is a, uh, a left-wing extremist congressman. And got together with a Democrat Party chairman, a guy by the name of uh, Inahosa, the Dallas County... Um, is he Dallas County? I think no, Enohosa, I think, is the entire state. Uh, yeah, the Democrat, Texas Democrat Party chairman, Gilberto Enohosa. And they got together at uh, the Culinary Workers Union, Culinary Workers Association, AFL CIO, you know, union folks. And they are, uh, they are, touting this resistance summer idiocy. So Nancy Pelosi, this fake Catholic and um, San Francisco extremist liberal, shows up in the state of Texas and is shilling for Democrat votes, and her first act is to call Texans a bunch of cowards. She called them cowards for SB4, which was the bill I've been telling you about that criminalizes sanctuary cities, that the state of Texas leading the nation saying, hey, you know what? You Democrat-run cities, you can't thumb your nose at federal immigration law. You can't do that. If a federal agent says, hey, the guy you have in custody, the lady you have in custody is wanted on a federal warrant, they're illegal aliens and they need to be shipped out of the country, you must hold them. That's what the law in Texas says. You will comply with federal detainer requests. Now, a lot of Democrats, remember you guys know, the Democrat Party, the anti-rule of law party, the pro-illegal alien party. They are the anti-Jewish state party. They are the anti-cop party. They're the anti-prosperity party. Uh, the Democrats... When, whenever they are told no, and no, you can't ignore the law, and no, you can't look the other way on the law when it benefits you politically, you're not going to be allowed to do that. They go crazy. So, and Nancy Pelosi was never had, forced to a answer the question, well, why, it, why are Texans cowardly for insisting on, on following the rule of law? But, but this, isn't, this isn't the broader point that I want to make with all of this. Also in attendance at this meeting was a guy by the name of Ramiro Luna. Ramiro Luna is an illegal alien. And Ramiro Luna, Ramiro Luna is, uh, is what Obama is, a community organizer. He's a community organizer. He's an illegal alien but he's a community organizer. So he got together with a whole bunch of Democrats and uh, addressed these individuals gathered, and here's what he had to say. I am undocumented. I cannot vote, but I still have a voice. I can still organize campaigns. 
In Arizona, I ran the largest get out the vote campaign for Latinos in the entire state as an undocumented person. Now, he has just claimed he has just claimed that he is an illegal alien and that he has been participating in uh, the electoral process here in the United States and mobilizing a get out the vote campaign, basically doing what Acorn did. Now, he's going to get applauded for being an illegal alien here. There is no reason why we cannot do the same here. So this illegal alien is coming to the state of Texas and is pledging to thwart SB4, which is, by the way, it's going to stand constitutional muster. I'll tell you why. Uh, Because it does something that SB 1070 didn't do. It directs state individuals to cooperate with the federal government. And there's nothing illegal about that. Nothing at all illegal about that. Now, SB 1070 basically empowered law enforcement officials to do the job that the federal government's supposed to do. And a state can't do that. And that's why it was found unconstitutional. I know it's logical that you should be able to, that federal laws apply to everybody, so people should be able to enforce federal laws or, you know, uh, but apparently the courts disagreed. But the state can tell its state governments and workers the rules. And the rules, there is no law that says you must not cooperate with the federal government. There is no, there is, there is no law that exists that says, "Hey, you people in the states, you are forbidden from cooperating with the federal government." There is no national law that says that. So, if a state decides, "Hey, you know what? We're going to comply with the federal government. We're we're going to work with the federal government," every state has the right to do that. Now, there is no state that has the right to say, "Oh, uh, federal laws. We reserve the right not to obey federal laws." There is no state that has the authority to do that because of the supremacy clause. But you, you can fully comply with the United States government. That is perfectly okay and within the law and within the Constitution. So these, these leftists have no legal ground to stand on. And that's why, that, that's why this is different from SB 1070 in, um, in Arizona. What's going on in Texas with SB 4. But I want to address Mr. Luna here, who is loudly and proudly proclaiming, I'm an illegal, and I am here, and, I, and, and, and I'm going to organize a get-out-the-vote campaign. I'm going to interfere in an American election. Lastly, I am a voice of accountability. I say this because I am not here to go against my oppressor as more as I am here to gain the ear of my silent supporters. If you are oppressed, Ramiro Luna, in the United States, why do you want to stay? If, if the United States, if the rule of law in the United States is your oppressor, sir, why are you so eager to stay here in this terrible, godforsaken land? Why don't you tip the heck out, out the door? Why don't you get the hell out of my country? 
let me be plain. I do not think, as a matter of fact, I know. I know that Ramiro Luna has no standing in the United States. You have no say here, sir. You have no say in what happens in this country. Your oppressor, if, if we're in the United States, you weren't invited here, sir. You weren't invited. Get out. Well, my oppressor, I came to the United States illegally and I'm being oppressed. Well, get out. Nobody wanted you here. Nobody wanted you here. Now, if you decide to come in legally, then Americans want you here because that means you're invested in our country. I've got more to say to Ramiro Luna. And on the other side of the break, there is evidence that the Democrat Party, Nancy Pelosi and others, are colluding with this foreign national to influence elections. The Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. I want you guys to hear this soundbite again. Again, this is an illegal alien who's talking to a bunch of Democrats, elected Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Mark Vesey, and a bunch of community organizers. He's an illegal alien. And he's talking about standing up against a law called SB4, which basically says that local municipalities cannot actively thwart federal immigration law, as many of these sanctuary cities do. And here's what he has to say. I say this because I am not here to go against my oppressor as more as I am here to gain the ear of my silent supporters. Your oppressor. Let me get this straight. This illegal alien comes into my country, demands that he be heard, demands that his opinion be respected and be listened to. Comes in illegally, sits before elected members of Congress, gets written up in, in publications, is, gets to wander freely around my nation and he has the gall and the temerity to say that he's being oppressed? Uh, sir, you don't know what oppression is, Ramiro Luna. You have no idea. And nobody wanted you to be here to begin with illegally. Nobody asked you to come into my country illegally. How dare you walk in the front in the in the back door of my nation? Come in here, demand to be heard, demand that people pay attention to you, demand stuff from my nation, and then you say we're the oppressors? How dare you? You leftist piece of garbage. That's what he is. 
He's a leftist. He is a loudmouth leftist Latino. I'm assuming Ramiro is not Irish. Or, yeah, Ramiro Luna is not Irish. I'm not sure which country he came from. He could have come from Yemen for all I know. I, don't, I really don't care. It doesn't really matter where he came from. He's in the country illegally. And then he comes to my country and then insults my country after he's allowed to come in illegally, allowed to plug into our system, and then has the gall to say he's being oppressed? What? For you to say you support us, let's put those words into action, let's organize, let's get the ball down. That name, many of you are not going to know. He says, Rinaldi, uh, this is the, the story I told you guys about three days ago in the Texas House, where Matt Rinaldi, who was a North Texas lawmaker, a Republican, witnessed a whole bunch of disruptive people who didn't like SB4, and some of them are carrying signs that read, I'm illegal and I'm here to stay. So Matt Rinaldi did what any law-abiding citizen would do. He called ICE. He called Immigration and Customs Enforcement on people who were self-proclaiming to be illegal aliens. And this illegal alien, Ramiro Luna, has just pledged to work to make Matt Rinaldi to kick him out of office. So you have Nancy Pelosi and Mark Vesey, two elected members of the Democrat Party in Congress, along with local Democrats in the state of Texas, colluding with a foreign national to influence an election. You just heard the foreign national conspiring and colluding to remove a Republican out of elected office. Why is it okay for Democrats to collude with foreign nationals to influence elections? I thought, I thought we were going through an entire exercise right now here in the United States that says collusion with foreign governments is bad, with foreign citizens is bad. Isn't that what we're told? Why is it that Nancy Pelosi and Mark Vesey, two Democrats, can conspire, can collude with a foreign national to interfere with an upcoming election in the state of Texas? Why is that permissible? It shouldn't be. Should it? The video is posted on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. We have video evidence of Democrats colluding to influence an election. There is no evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. None. Zero. I have video. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'll ask you, what will you do with this information? 
now that we have had confirmed that Nancy Pelosi showed up into the state of Texas and that Mark Vesey in the state of Texas, a Democrat congressman, and others who were in attendance colluded with this community organizer from another country to take down a Republican who was in elected office. Uh, is that just okay with everybody? It's not with me. 888-900-3393. Let's, uh, let's talk about another story that I, I have been dying to, uh, to get into more detail with you guys. Fox News, uh, oh, I just got a, Oh, I just got a text. Sorry, guys. I, I just got distracted, briefly distracted as a text message was coming through. I thought it was a, another Fox alert. Maybe we're back into the climate deal. I don't know. Um, uh, Fox News Channel ran this story, and this is very apropos, about voter fraud. Now, I've done, I did one that was almost identical to this when I was in news in Texas. Listen to this. Even though the right to vote is reserved for U.S. citizens, just across the river from the nation's capital in Virginia, thousands of non-citizens have apparently been on voter rolls for years. That's according to new research by the Public Interest Legal Foundation that finds 5,556 non-citizens were removed from rolls between 2011 and 2017, and 1,852 of them cast ballots, a total of 7,474 times. Illegal aliens are casting ballots in United States elections. Now, those numbers may seem trivial, because a lot of left-wingers will probably tell you, oh, come on, a thousand? That can't, that can't sway a presidential election. That's, a, that's, that's minuscule. Well, no, it, that's true. Now, of course, if you are the American citizen who had their vote canceled out by the illegal alien, you're not going to be so forgiving. And come on, man, on a, on a state level, millions of people, a, a thousand people, that doesn't make it, doesn't make a ticker's darn bit of difference. Well, no, you're probably right. It is more so statistically relevant, but still probably isn't swaying state elections one way or the other. But what about local elections? City council, mayors, those who arguably have the biggest impact on you, your family, and your life. Those numbers, those races can be decided by, by less than 10 votes. Couldn't they? And if illegal aliens are casting ballots, they can make a difference. What if illegal aliens are in a local municipality that wants to pass a law like Texas did and said, well, you know what, we want to we help ICE with federal detainers. Let's put it to a vote. Let's put it to a vote. So they get it up there and here come the illegal aliens voting it down for that particular town or city small city it could sway an election illegal aliens voting because of lax voter criteria that has to stop and all of these all of these illegal aliens 
they were caught because they admitted that they voted. <laughs> and some of them are by mistake. They thought, well, since I got a work permit, I should vote, right? They just they did it out of ignorance. But the very idea that this isn't going on in every state and in every municipality around this country is is lunacy. It is happening. And as left-wingers like Nancy Pelosi and Mark Vesey who are committed who don't are not committed to the rule of law, they're committed to breaking the law as was evidenced by that meeting as they sat in the presence of an illegal alien. And nobody nobody batted an eyelash. Oh, it's an illegal alien. Well, you're you're a sitting member of Congress. Shouldn't sitting members of Congress actually obey the law? No. Democrats don't have to obey the law, they think. And what I am concerned about as more of these Democrats and these illegal aliens start to conspire and organize that thousand vote voting record thousands of people voting in Virginia it's going to multiply and in those states in Democrat states they're going to continue to pass laws that prevent you and I from knowing it that prevent you and I from stopping it and then and then it becomes real and then it becomes a real problem not only on the state, or not only on the local level, but on the state level, and then ultimately on the national level. California, half the dang state is illegal. I'll be back in a minute. Chris Salcedo Show, here on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And at some point, it sort of bleeds over into misogyny. I take responsibility for every decision I make, but that's not why I lost. That's Hillary Clinton, of course, coming out yesterday, and the Daily Caller, I think, had the best write-up on this. She cited 18 reasons why she lost, and she wasn't any of them. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. But I, what really got my attention the most was when Hillary Clinton turned her fire on the Democrat National Committee. So I'm now the nominee of the Democratic Party. I inherit nothing from the Democratic Party. What do you mean nothing? I mean, it was bankrupt. It was on the verge of insolvency. Its data was mediocre to poor, non-existent, wrong. I had to inject money into it. This is the DNC. The, the DNC to keep it going. Okay. So the psychosis, the liberal psychosis aside, um, and, and why Hillary can't seem, and well, this isn't just Hillary. It's, it's, a, it's an affliction of the progressives in general. They can never take responsibility for what they do. It's only somebody else's fault. 
But why would she go after the DNC? I have a theory, and I don't have any inside information on this, but this is just a theory. Who has been the Democrat Party for most of your lifetime? That's right. The Clintons. The Clintons have been the Democrat Party. I mean, Bill Clinton, arguably the last successful Democrat president, right? I mean, Obama, you can't, you can't put the word Obama and success in anything in the same sentence. So here's, what's, here's what I believe is happening. Hillary Clinton is sitting down with party bosses, and she thinks she's still the top dog. It's, it's her and Bill's Democrat Party. They built it in her mind. So she's sitting down and she wants to run again in 2020. And she's being told by the new guard, you know, the Keith Ellison, the, the racist anti-Semite, and uh, Perez, is that his name? I, can always, I forget that guy's name. O- Obama's, one of Obama's cronies. The, the leaders of the new DNC. Sorry, Hillary, you've been rejected twice. It's just over. It's time to retire. Time to go away. And she says, you don't tell me that. I'm the great Hillary Clinton. The Democrat Party is me. And that's what she's saying in that soundbite right there, folks, is that the Democrat Party is nothing without me. I had to bail them out with a whole bunch of money. The Democrat Party sucks without me, says Hillary Clinton. So that's why she's coming out. If she can't run the Democrat Party like any good liberal, she's going to burn it down. Remember, everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Have yourselves a great day Friday tomorrow on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is The Blaze Radio Network.